Hello and welcome to another episode of Solo BG Podcast. This is episode number 81, the first one of 2021. 2020 is finally on the books. 2020 is on the past and I'm very happy to be here with you on this first episode of the year. As always, welcome. And if this is your first time in the podcast, well, this is a podcast where we talk about solo and cooperative board games. And sometimes we talk about competitive ones as well. And sometimes we do special ones with interviews with designers and stuff. And like today, like this one, the first one of the year, it's actually a board game review, but it's also a Kickstarter preview as you can read on the title of Posthuman Saga, the Journey Home Expansion, but we're gonna talk about the Posthuman Saga game, uh, about Mighty Board Games, we're gonna talk about the deluxe components, and uh, also about the Resistance Expansion, we're gonna talk about the mechanics of the game, and what you can expect What you can expect on this uh, Journey Home, which is gonna hit Kickstarter on February of 2021, and big disclosure out there, big, big, big disclosure, this game and all the components, including the deluxe components and the expansion of the resistance and the base game and everything, I got a free copy, uh, you know, to play the game, to share my thoughts, to review the game from our amazing friends from Mighty Boards Games, so that's the big disclosure over there. Anyway, of course, you're going to hear my honest thoughts on the game, and I hope this this episode can help you to decide, you know, if you want to back this game or not, or if it's not a, it's not a game for you. But anyway, you will hear that towards the end of the episode. Also, I want to give a big shout out to our amazing friends from KickstartedGames.com. That's Kickstarted with EDGames.com because they are the amazing sponsors of this show and this episode. So, I mean, besides Mighty Boards, of course, because they sent the game. Uh, so if you want to get 15% off from your total purchase and also support the show, well, you can go to kickstartergames.com, get yourself some games and use the code SOLOBG altogether, SOLOBG. In that way, you can get 15% off from your total purchase. And remember that if you spend $100 or more, you get free shipping in the U.S. Um, and if you are, let's say you're not in the U.S., let's say you're in Europe or you're in Canada or any place like that, well, uh, you know, with that solo BG discount, it kind of makes it even for the shipping. So that's a, another big plus over there. You know, they just send us, which I really appreciate it, a few uh, meeple masks that, you know, for this year that we probably going to st- still be using masks all the year. Well, they sent me some very nice, cute, and fantastic masks that I can wear with my friends, especially if I get together for game nights, of course, with the, you know, the required precautions. Well, you can wear those meeple masks, and they look fantastic. And if you want to check some pictures, you can go to their website, or you can do by uh, checking out our social media in Solo BG Podcast at Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, because not too long ago, probably like... Three or four days ago from this recording, I post uh, some pictures and, you know, in that way you can check them out because we are recording on January 10 of 2021 and this episode is going live tonight because, you know, my friends that I have mentioned in the past that when I record an episode, 
I kind of just push it their life like it is. I hardly edit anything. Like, I even the only thing that I put in the episodes is the sections, you know, the introduction, probably sometimes the music, uh, the ads for our, from our sponsor, and things like that, you know, the classic things that I put towards the end of the episode, the little song that it says, go tell your friends, and, you know, the music. But other than that, you know, it's just like as, as I record pretty much live from my game room, from Solo BG Podcast Game Room with my, you know, very awful and unique accent. And, you know, that's it. <laughs> so anyway, um, you know, I hope uh, I hope you can enjoy this episode. I hope you can have fun. I hope you can, you know, take a, I was going to say take a look, but take a here, I guess, <laughs> through uh, to Posthuman Saga. And I'm also going to share with you how were my holidays, um, you know, what I was doing, what I was playing. And, you know, many, many other surprises. So there is. You have all the info now. And like always, let's start in three, two, one. Welcome to Solo BG, your podcast for solo and cooperative board games. Here you will find everything you need to know about your favorite and most recent games. Art, rules, gameplays, and interviews. Here is your host, Derek Rodriguez. Alrighty, so now we are officially in episode 81 of Solo BG Podcast, the Kickstarter preview of Posthuman Saga Journey Home, which is the new expansion, along with the base game and the locks component and everything, that you will be able to find out on Kickstarter on February 2021. And if you are listening to this episode while you were checking the Kickstarter page and stuff, well, I hope this episode, like I mentioned on the, on the beginning of the episode, can help you to, you know, at least to have another opinion of the game and see if it's a game for you. Anyway, before we jump into that, let me tell you, let me tell you what I've been playing. What I play most recently, actually yesterday and the day before, it's a game that I was I was wanted to bring it to the table, but for some reason or or or, or, or circumstance, I didn't own a copy of the game. Finally, I was able to get uh, on my hands one copy of the game. And I bring it to the table. I took me a while to learn it. I played it two players. I haven't played it solo. And I loving it so far. And I'm talking about Root. Root from Letter Games or Leader Games. I mean, I hope I, I don't make any mistake here. It's a highly asymmetric game where I'm pretty sure you are familiar with. But if not, it's we, we all have like different gangs of, of cute animals. But very asymmetric. Every faction has their own stuff going on. Every faction has their own type of kind of actions that they will be, uh, you know, implementing in, in the game. In that way, they can get victory points. Because the purpose of the game, mostly for every faction, as a general rule, is to get 30 points. And the first one to get 30 points win the game. Now, the catch is that most of the factions will share a similar actions sort of like sort of as a movement or fighting and stuff. But every faction, like I mentioned, will have different type of things that they will have to do during the game in order to to get those victory points. There's also one faction that he doesn't care too much about the victory points because they, he goes and tried 
to do his own quests and stuff. The game is great so far. I'm loving it. And, you know, some people, they were, I, I heard in some reviewers over there in, in YouTube, especially in some of my friends, they were telling me, hey, you know what? You need to download the app and that way you can learn the game as you, as you, uh, you know, play the, the app on your phone or, or on your tablet. I'm going to share with you my opinion. I, I have not played the app. I just bought the game, read the rule book, watched a couple of videos. It took me, I invest probably like an hour learning. And then I sit with my wife and I was like, you know what? Let's play a game. Let's choose the first two factions that they recommend you, which is um, the, the birds, the eerie birds, I think it's called, and the other ones. And there was the, the marquees, the cats. And I was just like, you know what? Let's play. And, and as a learning game. And we actually cut it up like kind of fairly quick. And then I was thinking to see if I did any mistake. And I went to Board Game Geek and certain other sources, of course. And I found out that, you know, we weren't doing too many ones. Probably a few. But other than that, we the game clicked very easy, very fast. And then we play again. And it was, you know, very smooth and fantastic. Um, but at the same time, I haven't played the app. I'm looking forward now to play the app. But what I'm trying to say is that if you want to get the game, it's not necessarily to get the app in order to learn it. It, it was actually, I was surprised of how well the rulebook was developed. Now, I had to say that I had the printing of 2019 because I believe there's different printings of this game that they will modify in the rulebooks and stuff. Um, but I got the 2019 and it was very easy. Once again, for any doubt, I went to Borgame Kick. Of course, we all go there. And I, you know, on the forums of the game, I was able to find my answers. But there is, and I highly, highly, highly recommend it. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to do at some point an episode of Root, uh, you know, with expansions and stuff, because there's a lot of expansions going on out there. There's uh, one that allows you to play it solo with an AI. I think it's called the Clock War or something. Um, but anyway, that was rude. I play it. I love it. I had to say thanks to my friend Mark Dainty because from not board gaming because he actually also, you know, was uh, putting some comments out there, some positive comments towards the game, and I ended up getting it. Like I said, I wanted to play that game for a while, uh, but then I finally was able to get a copy of the game, uh, you know, on my table. Now, also, I've been this game has been doing a lot of fuss on all the podcasts that I listen from Spain. Some of my friends from Spain, they also have been playing the game and they will be, t they were telling me like, you know what? You need to get this game. You need to get this game. They were very insistent. And now in 2021, that game was my first purchase of the year. And I don't regret it at all. Actually, I went to kickstartedgames.com, which is our sponsor. And I used myself the code SOLOBG to get 15% off because they had the mat, the neoprene mat for the game. And I will recommend you, if you don't have the neoprene mat, Check it out on their website because I was looking on, you know, I will say the names. I was looking on Amazon. I was looking on Miniature Market. I was lo looking uh, in Game Nerds, uh, in Cool Stuff Inc. And none of them had the mat on stock. And I went to Kickstarter Games and they had one mat. I bought it. Like I said, I used the code. And the, the owner, which of course is, is my friend, uh, he also told me that they have just a few over there on the stock. So if you own the game or if you're planning to get the game and you are like me that you go crazy for the neoprene mats on the games, please make yourself a favor and check it out on Kickstarter Games because I know, I know for a fact that it's very hard to get the neoprene mat for the base game on Root. So there it is. That's my experience so far. Who knows? Maybe I will do an episode about it and with all the expansions and we're going to go very immersed on Root and all the different factions. But there it is. I, I, I mean, so far... <laughs> I love it. And 
It's great, honestly. I actually added already to my challenge of 10 by 10 challenge that my wife and I, we have together, you know, for the year. And we already add root to the list because we feel like, you know, that that will be a good game for the year. Actually, it's it's here by my wall right now in the game room. And might as well I share with you the games that I have on my 10 by 10 uh, once again with my wife, Eric and Derek, board gaming challenge for this year. And this is games that we're going to play mostly to players. Some of them, they will be cooperative, uh, but also games that we can play with friends. Hopefully, if during the year, all this pandemic situation goes uh, improves or gets better, right? Also, for the next episode, hopefully, I will have ready my 10 by 10 solo challenge of the year, which I had to say that I didn't accomplish. I didn't accomplish my 10 by 10 challenge from last year. Uh, unfortunately, on the solo games, but I will tell you in a little bit my stats. So anyway, for this year, I have already once again, this is the, uh, you know, the cooperative and competitive and, you know, multiplayer games. I have Root. I'm planning to play 10 times Root at least this year. I have Everdale, which all the expansions, which is one of my favorite games as well. Uh, Kingdom Rush, actually, that's on the list as well. Kingdom Rush by Lucky Duck Games. I just received my Kickstarter pledge with uh, Rift on Time and the Spider uh, Goddess. Also, as well, I have on the list Century Golem, which actually Century Golem, you know, I brought it to my family in Texas where I spend the holidays and friends. And I show the game to most of my family that, of course, they are non-gamers. They are non-board gamers. I'm talking about my parents and my brothers. And they all loved it. They all loved it. And I was very happy because after they played Century Golem, I was able to pull up more games from my truck. And I was like, hey, you know what? Uh, you know, I, I mean, what a coincidence. I brought a bag full of games, of course, like every board gamer. And I started to put them on the table. And they were loving it. And they play a lot of games with me, like easy games, you know, like Survive, like uh, King Domino. I also brought Azul. Uh, I also play with my dad Watergate, which, by the way, that's another fantastic game, Watergate. If you haven't played uh, Watergate and you're looking forward to, to a two-player game, a very competitive one, please, please get yourself a Watergate game. The story of the game is not very appealing. I mean, it's Nixon and all that stuff that happened in the U.S., you know, the Watergate, I guess, scandal, but... It's so fun, so immersive, so tactic. I had a blast playing it with my dad, with my brother. And I haven't played Twilight Struggle, but everybody says that it's like a simplified Twilight Struggle. And now I want to play Twilight Struggle because that Cold War theme is definitely more appealing to me than the Watergate, the Nixon. But don't let the theme drag you away. It's a fantastic game, a must-have from Solo BG. I'm telling you that without doing an episode on the game. So please do yourself a favor, and if you want to play a very immersed tactic game with your significant other or with your best friend or with your most hated friend, if you want, play Watergate. Get it. You will love it. I love it. Uh, I also have on my list, I stopped in Century Golden, by the way. I also have on my list Chronicles of Crime because that's a game that my wife loves, and we have all the expansions now. We have the 1400, the 1900, the 2400, the Chronicles of Time. We also have all the, the noir cases and the one that I don't remember that it's called, but it's like kind of like a Stranger Things kids on bikes and stuff. We also have that one. And I think that's, that's all. We have all the expansions and we haven't, we haven't even finished the base game. So it's in our list. We have to do a lot of detective work this year and play that game. Wingspan! Wingspan! 
from, of course, John Mayer Games, which, by the way, they were very kind, and they sent us the Oceania, Oceania, I hope I pronounced it correctly, expansion, which is the most recent expansion, which, spoiler alert, the episode is coming very soon, and I will be posting pictures as well of that game. So Wingspan is there. I have, I, I chill a little bit on my list, you know, because, because I have Cthulhu. And Cthulhu means any game that has HP Lovecraft. Why? Because, you know, I mean, we like those games, but, I mean, we're not going to play 10 times Mansions of Madness, probably, because it's very immersive, and it's long, and it's, you know, it's different. So I feel like I was with my wife. You know what? Let's cheat a little bit. Let's just put Cthulhu there, and we will count any Cthulhu theme game or any HP Lovecraft game that we bring to the table. We're going to mark there as a play. So there is. We cheat a little bit. If you want to do the same, go for it. Cthulhu. And the other one that I have, it's one of my wife's favorite Castles and Burgundy that I honestly love the game. I hate the art. I hate the components. I hate the board. It's awful. It's, I don't know why. Once again, we have talked about this in the past. I don't know why some Euro games, they insist. Well, Castles and Burgundy, Burgundy, I'm sorry, to be fair, it's kind of an oldish game. But even nowadays, we have some new Euro games that the art is awful. I am not a huge fan of the Euro arts when they... You know what kind of art, like Castles and Burgundy type of art. I get probably why, but it's not on my most appealing, you know, visual table thing-ish. So, <laughs> but anyway, Castles of Burgundy is there on my list, on the game room, on my wall, because my wife loves it. And why not? I need to keep her happy in order to play more games. So, there is Castles of Burgundy is there. What else have I been playing? Well, over the holidays, really quick, I played Century Golem, of course, a few times. I told you already that it was the main hit of the holidays. Survive, Escape from the Atlantis. Horrified, actually. Actually, Horrified, I had a good time with my brother. And he's not a born, non-board, he's a non-board gamer as well. And he ended up loving it. But anyway, all these games that I will be mentioning to you, they were thanks to <laughs> Century Golem. Because after Century Golem, now people were into games. So... I know I've been telling you in the past, you know, this game is good because it helps the window, it helps the door. Well, Century Golem, it's a great game that I have proof from firsthand that it helps as a window, as a door, and now gets people more interested in board games because of that. Because of that game, I ended up playing these ones that I'm mentioning to you. I play Watergate, Horrified, Splendor Marvel, Loot. Uh, Downforce, Codenames, the Disney edition, Codenames, the Simpson edition, Hughes and Cues, uh, and you know, those are the games that I brought over the holidays with my family, but also one of my good friends in North Dakota, David, uh, I also show him uh, a little bit before the holiday century uh, golem, and now he got a century golem copy for himself. He got the parks game, and now he's asking me and some friends for more. Uh, you know, opinions on different games and stuff. So there is, I mean, honestly. And if you don't own Century Golem, please make yourself a favor. Get a Century Golem. It's a great game for gamers and non-gamers. And it's a game, first-hand proof, that it will help to open the door and get more people into the hobbies, which it's always amazing and it's always fan-fantastic. Uh, let me show share with you my stats from, uh, from last year. Uh, my goal from last year, actually, it was to play... 365 times. I, I told myself, well, you know, with all the, the games that you're getting from the publishers for, for the podcast, which I really appreciate it, and it's from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for all the publishers that they trust in, in me and in Solo BG Podcast. 
you know, all the games that they send, all the games that I get every month. I usually get about four or five games every month at least, uh, you know, that I buy personally. Um, so anyway, I was like, okay, at least I had to play one time, one day of, of uh, one day per, per, you know, one time per day in that way will be 365 times or 365 plays, uh, at the end of the year, I was able to get 376 times of play. Uh, this is very tricky because of course, if I count like very small games and that they went kind of fast, you know, I could couldn't mark them and could go more. But for example, the crew and games, like you know, small games that they last like 10, 15 minutes, I just counted once and not like six, seven, or eight times. You know, that as, as I probably should it. But because if I would count that way, it would be definitely more than 400. And I play over 280 different games last year. So um, you know, so that was my goal, and the goal for this year is to go for 400 plays, 400 plays at least, uh, you know, at the end of the year, and to try at least 300 different games. That's my goal for 2021. And like I mentioned, on the next episode, hopefully I will get, uh, will have for you a 10 by 10 solitary challenge, and, you know, we will go over it. Probably I can do an episode about it, you know, or, or probably dedicate half episode to tell you about my 10 by 10 challenge. And before I jump into Posthuman Saga, I also want to remind you that I have a, a, a podcast in Spanish that is called Solo BG Podcast en Español. Uh, in case you, you know, you know Spanish or in case you want to learn Spanish or something like that, I'm not going to teach you how to talk Spanish, but you can hear me um, talking in Spanish <laughs> about board games. So there is, if you want to check it out, just look for it, Solo BG Podcast en Español. And it's also in all all the streaming platforms as this one in YouTube. Uh, I mean, not in YouTube, I'm sorry. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Music, iVox, wherever podcasts can be found, Solo BG Podcast is there. Now, let's talk about Posthuman Saga. Uh, and like always, let's let's go into our sections. We're going to have the boxing cover. We're going to have inside the box, which is our audio unboxing. We're going to do uh, our, our, our gameplay. And then we're going to do our thoughts. And then we go from there, my friends. So let's start, like always, with our first section of the show. Box and Cover. Alrighty, so now we are in our first section of the show, Box and Cover. We have Posthuman Saga, and we have this guy. This guy on the main cover. He is a, definitely a post-apocalyptic friend with his hat, with his cape, holding it with one hand, and the other one is kind of like grabbing something from his, uh, you know, one of the bags that he has on his belt. Uh, and you can see like his arms has been had been damaged by this uh, probably mutation or radiation, and he has some bandages as well. Very post-apocalyptic. Then on the background, you have uh, kind of like a like a city. It seems like remember that city from Ready, Ready Player One. Kind of, it's the same. It's the same. It's from there, man. So if you like Ready Player One, you have the art here. Um, so so anyway, this is this guy here on the front. It says Posthuman Saga. A competitive tactical survival adventure for one to four players set in the post-apocalyptic world of post-human. And the game is designed by Gordon Calleja and is published by Mighty Board Games. On the main box, if you get the normal edition, it's just going to be a big box, very um, standard size for any board game. And then you will have on the sides different characters that you will see on the game. 
And once again, post-human saga, there's actually one character that I love that I will share uh, with you the name in a little bit. Uh, and it's uh, it tells you that it's one to four players, 14-year-old plus, and it lasts 30 or more minutes per player. Then on the back of the box, you get a premise of the game. You get you you see like a like a picture of the setup that you will have on your table, and you will get the component list and also a little bit of description of the game which I already told you that it's a post-apocalyptic world of post-human saga. The game can be played in three modes, solo, two-to-four players, competitive, or team versus team. Uh, with it, it, And it combines Euro mechanics and, you know, different um, kind of like crafting story as you play, and you will have to, you know, upgrade your challenges and skills. So it has like a... Like a, a little bit of exploration, uh, Euro mechanics as well, kind of like a, a dice rolling as well. So you will see once we go into the gameplay. Just over a year ago, you journeyed to the fortress, the last bastion of organized human society in the area. The community there took you in and helped you home the skills you need to contribute to its struggle for survival. Now you're being sent into you're being sent out into the mutant-infested wilds to connect with the last remaining communities of humans. You are to bring them back into the fold, expand the fortress hold on the region. Like you, there is a steady stream of wanderers making their way, making their way through the fortress gates. And in this brave new world, only the most useful are welcome. It's time to prove yourself. To prove yourself and demonstrate the fortress, the gratitude, and demonstrate them that you can fight for the fortress and that you can get supplies from all that horrible post-apocalyptic world out there. So that is Post-Human Saga. And if you get... it, that That's the... Actually, I was talking about the boxing cover and the back of the box. If you get the deluxe um, edition... The box will be a little bit bigger because it comes in a big slip, but it's because you will get the deluxe component, which is like a 3D fortress and 3D tokens and stuff. And it's a beautiful black box that, you know, it has the same art that in, like in the regular game. And you it will show you at the end the, com- the components that you get on the deluxe edition, which is the fortress model, which is in cardboard, but now like in 3D. You get a Mary Jane doll miniature, which is kind of like, um, sort of like a first, like a round tracker or something like that. But also you can use it for the solo game. Uh, you get the, the tokens in 3D. Uh, and you get a dice bag as well. So highly recommended the uh, deluxe components. Because they really uh, you know, pimp the game. Turn it up. And <laughs> I love it. I love it. Also, if you are able to get in your hands the resistance. Which we want to talk in a little bit. The resistance. Which is the first expansion. Well, I have the box here. Was Human Saga Resistance expansion, and the art is pretty cool because it's like this girl hiding behind a tree, and she's looking at as another uh, mutants. It seems like humans they're uh, you know grabbing or, or bringing some uh, humans in inside of a jail with a car or something. It looks kind of weird in a post-apocalyptic kind of like Mad Max stylish. And then in the Resistance, just when you thought you could journey back to the safety to the fortress, you receive a message from its leadership ordering you to venture further into the wilds to make things worse your mission is even more perilous than before you'll need to make contact with an assigned resistant look out who will help you track down mutant slave trains there you go the ones that you just saw carrying human captives and follow them to a mutant stronghold the expansion adds several new mechanics to reflect the unfolding 
uh, overarching story as well as the wealth of new uh, content, including two new character packs, which they come with miniatures and cards and, and dice, uh, new followers, new events, and a whole new level of combat encounters and more uh, stories. Actually, 30 new stories. So that's what you will find with the Resistance expansion as well. That I'm pretty sure that you will be yeah, you will be able to find on on the Kickstarter campaign once again February 2021. Also, you will find there the Journey Home, which is the newest expansion. That what I have here that my good friends from the Mighty Board. Uh, uh, you know, games send me. It's a bunch of cards, more tokens that they will allow you to do different actions. They will allow you to do more stories because now it's after you went from the fortress on the main game, went and looked for supplies and survivors. Then on the resistance, you saw the captive humans. You're following to their stronghold. Now you have to find the resistance base. Now it's time to go back. In the Journey Home expansion will give you that. Now that part when you finally are done with everything and now you're trying to go back to the Fortress. It includes more uh, story cards, more character cards, different tokens and abilities that you can use, and some different actions as well. So there you go. If you have, if you want to have everything, will be the best game with the Lux component, their resistance in the Journey Home. And in that way, you will have yourself a bunch of boxes, which, of course, that's like a like a fetish for <laughs> fetish, I guess, for the for us as a gamers and Kickstarter supporters. And um, you know, you will get a lot of lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff and components. And game wise, you will have a lot as well for your adventures with Posthuman Saga. With that being said, let's start with our audio unboxing from the main game, and let's see what do we find. Inside the box. Inside the box. Okay, so now that we are inside the box, let's open this big bad boy with just once again the base game because on the uh, deluxe edition, and I have it here, you can hear like here is the box. Let's see, like always. There you go. When I'm gonna open it, um, the deluxe components actually, like I told you, they will include uh, one fortress, which is a 3D model, the miniature, the doll. Uh, you have the uh, 64 scavenge side tokens, 20 foot tokens, 20 uh, ammo tokens, 12 med tokens, uh, 12 book tokens, boost tokens, and a posthuman dice bag. This is just uh, you know 3D deluxe components, which, by the way, highly recommended. Highly recommended if you're gonna get the game now. As soon as you open the box, and let's open it, it's a big box, the first thing you're going to find, it's a huge, when I say huge, it's huge, it's big, the main board of the game. That, towards the end, I will share my thoughts with you into something into the main board. Uh, then you're going to open, and the first thing after you get the board, you're going to find is Posthumous Saga, a book or a magazine with stories 1 to 70. Um, don't read this <laughs> because you don't want to spoil yourself, but this, uh, kind of like, uh, this will help you to go through your story. And every time that a card, uh, or a, I'm sorry, a story token that you will pull during the game, every time that it indicates the number, you will have to go to this, uh, book and look for that number. And, you know, uh, somebody's going to read it for you if it's multiplayer or if you're playing solo. You will be able to read it and make a decision from there, and different things are going to happen because it, the game it will take you to some, uh, you know, different unique situations. Then, what do we find inside the game? Then we have a rule book. The rule book is, uh, you know, I have to say it's very nice, very self-explanatory, very straightforward, and it's a twenty-eight double-sided page which include all the rules for all the different modes that you can play the game, including the solo mode as well, and what's going on, the steps of the game, the round summary, um, you know, nice illustrations, and all this stuff. Then you're going to get all the components. What do we get? 
So we're gonna get a lot of stuff in this box. We get four character boards, the five uh, five character miniatures, and all the characters that I really like. For example, my favorite is the scavenger, uh, which is it's fantastic, and I like the look of it. Kind of like I remember remind me Ezekiel from The Walking Dead. Then you have the guard, you have uh, the cage fighter, pretty badass girl here. You have the biologist, another pretty smart badass girl. And the scout, which it looks more like uh, the days gone video game kind of guy, you know, kind of like a, a motorcycle or biker guy. So that's if you're onto that, the scout is for you. Pretty cool, pretty amazing, uh, and but f definitely my favorite will always be the scavenger because he's pretty cool. He likes to scavenge and he looks amazing, and he likes he has a nice back uh, backpack full of treats, and he has like a a wheel from a bike or something hanging out of his. Of his belt, I don't know what he wants the wheel of a bike, but he also has like a bottle hanging out of his, like a whiskey bottle from his belt, I guess, but it's empty, so I guess he filled it out with boost at some point and, you know, had, get a drink and be happy. <laughs> anyway, after that, you're also going to find that we have 12 dice in different colors, white, orange, uh, blue, green, kind of like a aqua, and gray. And a bunch of cards. You have the mission cards, the enemy cards. Uh, you have the the weapons, the items, the melee, the equipment, the minor mutation cards, the major mutation cards. The, you have the, these action cards that they will be they will be very useful during the game. And kind of you can flip them in that way. You know which actions you use, especially for the solo game. And you get the main board. And also, you got the solo mission board. You get a bunch of tokens, um, the food tokens, the same ones that I mentioned on the deluxe component, the bags where you're gonna put the where you're gonna place them, uh, very nice clotted bag. You have the scavenge side tokens, uh, the exploration tiles, the terrain tiles, and different the story token bag and the scavenge tile token bag as well. And you have the it will tell you also the rulebook. It will walk you through a pre-organization of the game depending on the character that you choose, the weapons that you're gonna choose. Because uh, when you set up for this game, which I will talk in a little bit, you're gonna set up for the game, and then you're gonna set up for the characters because this game it has his you know his stuff, and it's very you know I mean I, I don't want to share my thoughts with you, but it it, it kind of leads you to that immersiveness of of the world. So the setup it's a quite a bit, you know it's it's kind of a little bit, um, but it's just because. Uh, you know that the game requires it, and and the game needs it for the immersion that it will bring. So this is highly, most likely, what you're gonna find in the game. The miniatures, I mean, that you find, they are uh, you know nice quality, especially if you like to paint. So you're gonna get the the five characters on the main game, and of course you're gonna get more characters on the Resistance expansion, uh, another two characters, and I'm pretty sure on the Journey Home you will get more characters as well. And with that being said, now let's go and, believe me, talk very briefly about how the game plays. And I'm going to talk about the sol uh, solo mode mainly. And then we're going to talk also about the competitive one just briefly. Uh, and it's team versus team, which it will be, you, you will be able to make it up from the competitive one. But just very briefly, because this game has a lot, a lot of stuff going on. But we're going to walk through around just to get the idea of how it plays, the different actions that you can do. And then we will go from there. So with that being said, let's go into our next section of the show, which is gameplay. Gameplay! Are you looking for that Kickstarter game that you missed during the Kickstarter campaign? 
Are you looking for that awesome and mythic expansion for one of your favorite board games? Are you sad because you didn't got the Kickstarter version of that game? Or perhaps you are like me and like to get a game with Kickstarter exclusive components and stretch goals. Well, don't look any further and go right now to kickstartergames.com. There, you will find Kickstarter board games, expansions, Kickstarter exclusive content, graphic novels, RPG novels, toys and collectibles, and much more. Kickstarter Games is my favorite site to go and get those amazing games that I want to have on my gaming collection. Plus, they offer free shipping in the US when you spend $99 or more. And if that wasn't enough, right now you can get a 15% off if you use the code SOLOBG. That's right, use the code SOLOBG altogether and obtain 15% off from your total purchase. So go right now and check it out while you listen to this episode. Once again, www.kickstartedgames.com and enjoy all those amazing games. We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. And that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Alrighty, so now we are into our gameplay section of the show. And like I said, it's tricky for this game because it has a lot to offer. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to offer. So I'm just going to kind of walk you through, kind of like in a narrative way, sort of. In that way, it makes more sense of what the game is about. And not so much about telling you, okay, you can do this, you can do that. And, but if you do this, this happens. No, because like I said, the game has a lot to offer, so... Basically, I will I will kind of tell you the idea of the game. The idea of the game, like we talked in the beginning, is that you are in this fortress. You have been taking in. Actually, you will read, uh, you know, the intro to the story, which I won't spoil you right now. But it's pretty cool. It's very worth reading at the beginning of the game. It will tell you where to go in the book and read it. And basically, now you have to go and look for more humans and look for resources as well, because the fortress needs those resources in order to become. A bigger city and more like a civilization other than survivors, right? So once you go out there, uh, on the setup of the game, you will get this big, big, big hum- humongous board that you will start to fill when the round tracker. You will also have some tokens that you will place on, on the round tracker as well, but they're going to go face down. And those tokens, they will you will be revealing at the beginning of the game. At the beginning, I'm sorry, of each round, and it will dictate if you go to a story or if you go to do other stuff, which I won't spoil to you, but I will tell you a little bit how it works. Um, The other thing, the only thing on the game is that when you set up, especially for solo, the big big board um, is divided in four areas. One area is for each player. So if you're only playing solo, you're just really using one quarter of the board. 
And that's where you're going to be setting up everything. You're going to set up the fortress and you're going to have all the different terrain tiles uh, face down. And then you're going to be placing four different terrain tiles on the fortress that those from, from there you will be choosing uh, tiles in order to populate the terrain or the quadrant where you're going to be playing on your area on the board. Also, on each terrain tile, you will have different scavenge tokens that you will be able to get yourself with. And in the solo mode, that you will be able to craft things kind of uh, in that way you can uh, fulfill the big victory, if that, make, if that makes sense. Anyway, so what are you going to do on a round? The round uh, will be divided, divided in three phases, I'm sorry. First, the morning phase, day phase, and night phase. And on these phases is with, uh, when everything is going to start to happen and when, when you're going to be doing all your stuff. So on the first phase, it's the morning, right? The character is waking up and now he needs to, to do all this stuff such as exploring and, and trying to find for, for more resources, resources, I'm sorry, in humans. So we had to eat food. Or if not, we're going to uh, suffer fatigue, of course, like most of the survival games, right? So let's say you have food, which I will explain a little bit, and you will, you will be eat. Then you will resolve an encounter if it's, you know, if, if you have one. And how it works is that at the beginning of the round, uh, you know, if, if you have an encounter, this is, this is where you're going to resolve, resolve it, a story encounter. Then you're going to resolve any broadcast or event. Here is the thing. We have another track of, of on the rounds, uh, 16 rounds actually, in order to, to play the game, where you're going to be flipping up tokens that they are previously placed face down during the beginning of the game. If it's a broadcast token, well, you're just going to, you know, keep playing. And if it's an event token, then you resolve the event, right? And some of that, some of those times, you will be drawing uh, story tokens in that way. Uh, if 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 you know if if you get the the number from the story token, then you go to the book and read the story and see what's going on. And when the broadcast occurs, you know you just receive the. It's like you're receiving the intel kind of from the broadcast from a signal. Somebody's telling you something, and you're gonna choose. Uh, the terrain from the from the fortress that you have, and and then you're gonna place it on the map if you want, uh, and you're gonna get uh, also a, a scavenge token, and then you gonna resolve, um, you know, you, you're gonna select uh, an action, and then you're gonna resolve actions in player order. Of course, if you're playing solo, you're gonna be doing your actions just by yourself. This is in the day phase. Then you're gonna jump into a night phase where each player will spend uh, experience to earn skills. And also, you're going to refresh the map queue, which is you're going to replenish all the tiles, the scavenge tiles that you're going to discard, the ones that you didn't use for the solo game, and then place new ones, uh, you know, from there to pick from the from the previous round. And once again, on your area, on your board, you're going to have different quadrants that you're going to be populating with these tiles in that way you can explore different terrains. And each terrain, let's say a city or, or things like that, will allow you to get different resources, but at the same time to encounter different um, enemies or mutants and stuff. Now, the actions that you can do, it's to camp. You can camp, which it will allow you to place, uh, you know, your camp basically on a terrain that you occupy, and you can um, you can recover there because that's where you're camping. And every time that you recover, which is a recovery point, uh, it allows you to recover one health, one morale, one fatigue, one boost, uh, one broadcast token, or one random challenge card. These are things that are going to be playing in your board that you're going to be kind of manipulating with, sort of in a Euro-style game. 
But on the actions that you can do, you can also forage with that one allows you to move, you know, from the tiles that, that you previously placed it and get, uh, you know, uh, resources from those from those places. For example, from the city, you, can, you will be able to draw one melee weapon card. If you're in the forest, you will get two foot tokens and one recovery token. And if you're in a rural area, you can get two armor tokens and one foot token. If you're in the mountains, you can get one range weapon card and, you know, things like that. Then you can do map. And when you map, you can refresh the map queue, which is the one from the fortress, if you like, if you're looking from certain tiles. Once again, it all depends on the conditions on the game. And um, you will you will be able to place, uh, also if you do the map action, to place different uh, terrain tiles uh, on your quadrant in the way you're trying to fill it out, in the way you have more ways to go, more ways, more places to travel, more uh, resources to get, but also at the same time, you will be able to face more potential enemies or find another humans or another allies. Then the last action that you can do is trek, which it will be uh, move as well, just like in, in Forage. But this one is the most important one because that one will allow you to make, uh, to have a combat, uh, you know, combat time, which is also very, it, combat is like his own game actually on the game, which is something that I really like and that I want to talk about in a little bit. But uh, with, when you do this action, you're able to combat and basically depending on the level that you are on, the time that you are on the game, on the round that you are, you're going to be able to fight uh, different enemies. So that's the idea of the game. Like I said, it's a lot to be honest with you. Um, to to explain because and it's hard because it's a very immersive game, but that's basically it. Now how how fighting works? It's a little bit tricky because each each character will have a deck of cards, right? Um, that they will start with, and each card will have a top section and a bottom section, and you can only choose one of those sections to you know to resolve your encounters and and the combat encounters are a completely like i said a completely different mini game that it's sort of like a hand management so now you have the euro things that you will be uh, manipulating on your board with the tokens that you're getting on your character board and now you have like this hand management um uh, situation where you're going to be trying to decide which cards you use depending uh, on the weapon that you want to use on the on the combat encounter. Because each, for example, just to keep it very briefly, let's say you want to use one of your shotguns that you have already on your, that you placed on your character previously during the setup. Let's say that the shotgun, the, the shotgun will say, okay, if you are able to get three hits, it will do one damage. If you're able to do two hits, I mean four hits, it will do two damage. If you're able to do five hits, it will do three damage. So you will choose from the, your deck of cards to reveal two, the, t- the bottom, the top two, I'm sorry, from your deck, and they will have symbols either for success as a range or success as a melee or a fail. And according to those numbers that you get, those are the amount of hits that you will be able to do to your enemy. If your enemy survives, then they hit you back, and to defend yourself, you do the same mechanic of cards. Um, that's for combat, but you will also have tests when where you're gonna resolve in a similar manner of of using cards from your deck, but those cards that you use, they are kind of like discarded, and you're not able to get them back unless you rest and camp and stuff. So that's that's where the tricky part 
place in the game because the recovery tokens that I mentioned before on the camp actions, those recovery tokens allows you to bring discarded cards back into your deck. So that's where the game really pushing and a strategy of, okay, if I'm doing a test right now, it's not a combat, is it worth it for me to use these good cards that and they are good for test, but also they are good for combat? Or should I go try to risk it the test? But in that way, I don't use the good ones for combat. Or you know what I'm saying? Because usually the top part will be good for one thing, but also good for another thing. So is when you were going to decide with that hand management if you want to waste that card right now on a test or if you want to save it for a combat. So that mechanic of the game, which once again, I know is not easy to explain through audio, that mechanic of the game, it's one of my, you know, favorite things that I already spoiled you in my thoughts, uh, you know, because I'm going to mention a little bit, but it's one of my th my favorite things that you can kind of feel like you're in another game inside this game because the combat encounters, it's a completely different thing and it adds more mechanics to the game. Because I didn't mention it, basically on your player board, you have the area where you're going to have the recovery token, the broad, uh, broadcast tokens, which they um, help more for the multiplayer game. And you're going to have a track of health, track of morale, track of fatigue, and track of XP. And if at some point your health goes to zero, well, you get knocked out. And uh, basically, if you're playing solo, well, you lose the game. And that's basically very briefly, <laughs> very briefly in overview, um, how the um, how the game play. Now, if you're playing uh, competitive, you will be scoring uh, victory points uh, for every mission token that you were able to accomplish on your map. Because during the setup, uh, you in each quadrant, if you're playing three players or four players, you're going to have mission tokens. And as you resolve those mission tokens, well, you uh, get victory points. And whoever has more victory points win the game. If you play two versus, team versus setup, it's basically the same. You just add the victory points as well uh and also it's that's like a tiebreaker kind of thing but the end of the game it's uh you're trying to defeat a mutant boss that's what you're trying to defeat so wh which wh whichever team defeats a mutant boss first well win the game that's another mechanic of the game and if you play solo it's a little bit different because you have a solo board that you are trying to accomplish so on the board um, this kind of like a zombie walker, mutant walker, is going to start to advance uh, for about five spaces. And if he reaches the end every round, uh, I'm sorry, if he reaches the end at some point, you lose the game. Also, every time that you get a tile, you're going to get one of those scavenge tokens that you're going to place on the track. And then uh, when, when that track fills of those uh, scavenge tokens, usually the bad guy or the little mutant advance on the track. And like I said, if it reached the end, well, you lose. And to when you're trying to, you know, complete kind of missions, kind of like conquer different uh, sections of the board uh, by going to different terrains and have different supplies or resources in that way you can uh, win the game. And if you happen to do that before uh, the boss, well, you will you will win the game. And that's basically how the solo mode work. Once again, there's a lot of rules on it. There's a, a lot of, <laughs> of, of things that I didn't mention, but I just wanted to give you the idea of how the game plays. It's a game of exploration. It's a game of combat, the encounter, get resources. It has some Euro mechanics. It has some uh, hand management. It has some dice rolling because the enemies will roll dice against you. Uh, so it has a little bit of everything and it's a lot. It's a lot, 
but it's definitely a post-apocalyptic game, uh, and it's it, it it has his strategy, you know. And I will share my thoughts with you in a little bit. So now let's jump into our next section of the show, which is my favorite, which is what do I think about the game, my rating of the game, and if I recommend this game for you, and most important, if it plays better solo or in this case competitive solo or competitive alrighty so now we are in my favorite part of the show where I share my thoughts with you of the game and um, you know and tell you what I think oh boy as you if you're familiar with the game you probably find out or found out that on the on my explanation of the game it was like a roller coaster and even if you're not familiar with the game you probably noticed that it was a roller coaster and at some point you were probably hold on hold on hold on what are you talking about there's a lot and that's because the, uh, there is a lot. I was looking forward to recording an episode about this game, but I knew it was going to be hard. That's why I wanted to tell you in advance. I'm going to just tell you briefly, very briefly. You know, to be honest with you, I was kind of with my rule book here, like reading on the steps and the rounds, because on the on this game, there is a lot. It's not a it's not an easy game. There's some awesome other designs by Gordon Calleja, for example, uh, Vengeance, also from Mighty Board which is more straightforward. But this one, I can tell that the designer, he went very in deep <laughs> and in it on post-human saga. And actually, I was looking for videos when I was learning the game. And there's a girl, oh my God, I forgot. Uh, I think it's called Rhino Games or Rhino Games. I'm sorry, Rhino Games, I believe. I believe she's from Greece. Uh, she does a fantastic, fantastic tutorial. And I highly recommend you to go and check it out because that's the only one that I found that she actually explain, explains every single thing for the game. Don't get me wrong, everything is in the rulebook, but it's a lot. Because like I mentioned before, it feels like you're playing a game that has a lot of mechanics on it, uh, but at the same time, uh, it, the, the encounters, they make you feel like now it's another game in a game, and it's a lot of rules, and you want to make sure that you don't do mistakes. Okay, let's start first with the things that I don't like, and then we're going to jump into things that I like. The first thing that I don't like, it's the board. <laughs> the board is huge. It's, it's, it's huge, and it has its purpose if you're playing it for players. If you're playing it for players, I don't have any problem with the board. It actually works fantastic. If you're playing three players, fantastic, you know? I mean, because each each player will have their zone, their area. But if you're playing two players or one player, especially one player, the, the whole board is wasted. You're just using one corner and that's it. So keep that in mind because that was one of, none of my favorite things. Now, I understand that it's probably how it will work better in the idea of the game. But me, personally, the the the, the big size of the board and just the fact of only one area... Didn't I didn't love that part. So that's one of the things that I don't like. The other thing that I, I didn't like is that the game, it, it will be a long, long game. Very, very, very long game. So I feel like, uh, I don't know, I don't, because I don't have the answer right now. I don't know if it, there would be a thing. Uh, I think, I'm sorry, from the designer that could, could make it more like, I don't know, some rules like shorter them or make it some straightforward in some way and some mechanics in that way. Uh, it could be, it could be more and more straightforward. And the reason why is because if you're playing solo, it's, it, the timing is okay, it's great. 
if you're playing two players, the timing is okay. You know, it won't take that 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 much. But if you're playing four players, especially the competitive the competitive way, it will take uh, quite a bit. You know, to to go around the table and wait. So so it, that part it can be a downer for some people because you will have that. Now, if you don't mind that, if you don't mind waiting for your turn for other three through all three people, well. You know that's another thing. That's that's my well. You you're fine, right? The other thing that I don't that I didn't like, and I think this is the last one, is that uh, if you're playing competitive, uh, there is not too much of player interaction. I feel like, uh, in my impression, I played it uh, two times competitive with four people, and the two times I felt like there was it was like each one of us was playing their own solitary game. Basically, it didn't feel like, like you know, like we were playing four players actually, and like a lot of interaction. Yes, we were there. Yes, some stuff. Yeah, you know, matter. But the player interaction was, uh, in my opinion, very low. And I asked to my other friends that they were playing, and they thought the same. And the downtime, once again between the turns, that was a lot. So, so there is. Those are the three three things that I didn't like from the game. Now, what did I like from the game? First of all, first of all, that I like. The immersiveness. This game is immersive. This game will take you to will take you to places where you had to make decisions to survive, decisions to fulfill your goals, decisions to get more experience, decisions to spend tokens or not to spend them, decisions to spend cards or not to spend them. So, the immersion of the game. I really, 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 really enjoy it. So I think, I think the immersion is great, and I think uh, that's a big plus of the game. The story of the game it's great, and I was on it. So if you are into post-apocalyptic worlds and you know those sort of things, uh, this is definitely a game that you should check it out. Because and if you like immersion on the games, this game will deliver it to you. So the immersion is something that I like from the game. The components of the game, I really like them. Top of the notch, top notch. What's this? What say? Top of the notch or something like that? I mean, they do. They look fantastic. The components are great, especially the deluxe one. Once again, I highly recommend you if you gonna get the game, get the deluxe edition with the fortress and 3D and the 3D scavenge tokens. Otherwise, you're gonna get the scavenge tokens in cardboard. And they look pretty nice in acrylic 3D. So get do yourself a favor and get the deluxe uh, components because the, the quality is great. The miniatures are great. Uh, once again, I mean, if you like to paint minis, this is a game for you. Because on the base game, there's only like five minis. Uh, if you get the expansion, it's only another two minis. So you will be able to paint them all in no time. Uh, and they will look great on the table. And even if you don't want to paint, paint them, the quality is good. And I like it. Uh, there's no need, even if they're all the same color, that they're going to confuse. Because if you're playing solo, well, you're using one mini. If you're playing two players or three players or more, each player has their quadrant. So the, the miniatures won't get, like, you know, mixed or anything like that. So they are great. The quality, the components, I like it. And <clears throat> once again, so there's two. Immersion and components. The third one that I love, and it's probably my favorite theme, my favorite thing of the game. The encounter, the combat encounters, the test encounters, that hand management part 
And those decisions that you have to make in order to pass those tests or those combat encounters are my favorite thing in the game. That part where you had to be very cautious about how which cards you spend, which cards you use and stuff, because once again, you will have to decide which card you want to discard, which card you want to use and things like that. And and that that really matters down the game. That really does. And you're only limited to your deck. So so you need to make sure that you do the right decision. And and it's great. It's great. Uh, that's my favorite part of the game. What I like from the game as well is that, once again, you're playing this big, epic game of exploration and stuff. And then not only you're dealing with the story, not only you're dealing with the, the strategy of, of you know planning everything, you're also dealing that if you're going to go to encounter, there's another mini game over there. So I really like that aspect of the design. And I can tell that the designer worked this very well. And it feels solid. It doesn't feel like it breaks. It feels solid. So that's good. And I really like that <clears throat> variance on mechanics on the game. Because you will have hand management. You will have Euro mechanics. You will be rolling dice. You will have exploration. Uh, so it's a lot of mechanics on it. And it makes this game feel more epic even. So so there you go. That's another another big another big plus in the game. What else? The rulebook is very straightforward. It's a lot of information, but it's very straightforward, and you you will find most of the things there. Uh, it just will take you some time to, you know, it took me a, a little bit of time to click. So uh, keep that in mind, right? I mean, it's there, but it's it's not an easy game to learn. Once you learn, it will go smoothly. But I feel like it's not an easy game to learn. And with that being said. I actually posted over there on my social media, and if I had to give a quote for this game, uh, I will tell you what I said before. Uh, you know, not not too long ago, the last time I played it, I told you. Let me tell you that this is a game. This let me tell you that this game is unique, immersive, and strategic. That's what it is. Post Human Saga is immerse. It's unique, immersive, and strategic. Unique immersive and strategic and i will sell I, I will say it again unique immersive and strategic you will find these three things on post-human saga so if you are looking for those three things you're looking for narration you were looking for you're looking for immersiveness you are looking for for complexity you are looking for different mechanics this is a game for you if you don't want to spend a lot of time learning a game if you don't need another epic game on your library and you want a, an apocalyptic game, then this game is not for you. I will be completely honest. But if you're looking the opposite, if you're looking for, you know what, I want a challenge, I want something uh, something uh, hard, something uh, immersive, something that has replayability, something that it will be a strategy, something that um, it would require me to invest time there, and I have a group of friends also that they will be onto it. And of course, the post-apocalyptic uh, thing, it's a theme that we love or we don't mind. So then I, I think that you should check out this game, uh, Post-Human Saga for Mighty Boards, from Mighty Boards Games, I'm sorry, and designed by Gordon Calleja. Now, going to the question, if I rather play this game solo or competitive, I will tell you with no doubt at all, no doubt, that I will definitely like to play this game better solo. I think solo does a great job 
And it's kind of unique that, once again, the feelings that I got with this game. Because Solo, it didn't, it didn't took anything away. Uh, I, I had the narration. I had the, the randomness on the stories uh, from 1 to 70. Because what happened is, like, in order to resolve the story, you're going to draw a token, uh, story token from a bag. So it's random. So you were able to experience the narration, even in competitive or team versus team or solo. There's a chance that you will get different narrations every time. So that's uh, that doesn't affect. The mechanics doesn't change. I mean, nothing changed, honestly. I mean, you can still fight bosses and stuff. So I feel like solo, it's great. I feel like that's my way to go with Posthuman Saga. And, and even the, the expansion, it added a lot to, to it as well. Because you're following this story, like I said. And it makes sense now with the journey home that they're doing this. Where he's like, okay, first, one, like I mentioned, you're leaving... The, the fortress, now you find the, the resistant part and you're trying to save uh, humans that they were captive and now you're going back home with a new expansion. So there's that. The replayability as well is there just because, once again, the randomness on the stories and every game will feel completely different because there's deck of cards that you're going to be shuffling, enemy cards, story cards and stuff that you're going to be shuffling as well um, that they will dictate different things during the game. Uh, so there is, my friend, my rating for this game from 0 to 5, where 0 is I hate it, and a 5 it's I love it, and, you know, I just want to play it every night. I think that for this game, I will give it a solid 3.5. I think it's a game that I will, I will, I will still keep, you know, because it's, it's, it's one of those games that, of course, you have to be on the mood to play, but at the same time, it's a very solid game. It's a solid game with a lot of different mechanics. So there's going to be times where I will be like, you know what, I want to play a post-apocalyptic game, and if I really want to have the experience of a post-apocalyptic game, it's probably going to be post-human saga because, you know, it, 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 it will feel that that epicness that i will need from a post-apocalyptic game for example let me let me throw an example if i want to play an immersive fantasy game with euro and complexity uh things i will probably bring city of kings to the table because city of kings feels epic this is the same but in a post-apocalyptic theme i guess if i want to play a post-apocalyptic theme that it will be immersive that it will require me to think that it will require me to use a strategy that i will have immersiveness narration all the stuff that i love then i will bring post-human saga to the table once again check it out the kickstarter um, i don't know if at this at the time are you listening to this episode the kickstarter is already there which i hope this episode help you once again to 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 decide if you want to get the game or not uh once again my recommendation is get the expansions and the comp- and the deluxe components because they are great, um, and 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 you know and that's it. I mean that's it for pos- from Posthuman Saga. And if and if it's if you're listening while in January, which is when I'm airing this episode, well, once again, this game will be on Kickstarter on twenty on February of 2021. So stay tuned to that. Anyway, with that being said, I mean just you know thank you so much for for being here for another episode of solo bg podcast i hope you enjoyed uh once again this is the first episode of the year i'm looking forward for this year to bring more episodes uh there's gonna be at least four episodes per month uh every weekend we also gonna have special ones we're gonna have giveaways we're gonna have many 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 surprises i already have some 
beautiful uh, perks that I'm going to uh, give so very soon as a giveaway for all of you amazing friends. Uh, also, some games that I'm going to give. Away, I'm going to do as giveaways. So stay tuned because a lot of stuff is going on. Hopefully, this year the conventions will be a reality. I hope, as long as it's safe for everyone, and you know many other things that we expect, uh, positive things from 2021, from uh, gaming, from the podcast, and you know. Thank you so much to all of you amazing listeners that you always are listening there. Oh, I wanted to say, actually, I wanted to, before I, I leave, let me go really quick to my Instagram because um, during the holidays, somebody, there is, I want to say um, a huge and send a big, uh, send a huge hug to my friend. I hope I pronounced it correctly, okay? Jeroine uh, Corticas or Jeroine Corticas or uh, I hope I pronounced it correctly. Jeroine Corticas. Uh, he is, it seems like he's from neither from Holland, actually. And um, uh, thank you so much to Jeroen because he he texted me, actually, on December 26th through Instagram. Like I said, you can follow me on my social medias, um, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm always active, and I will reply to you as soon as I can. He sent me a text telling me that he watched uh, Batman, the teenage, Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on Netflix. And he was telling me that he thought about me the entire movie. And he asked me if I saw the movie already. I already saw it, and it's great. I love it. Uh, he said that he really liked it, and he thinks that I would like it too. Like I said, I already watched it. Fantastic movie. And I think he's mentioning this because, um, you know, if you haven't listened to our top five of 2020, which was two episodes ago, my uh, top 2020 game of the year was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Change is Constant from IDW. And the new uh, Batman on that same IDW Adventure Games universe is coming on. Uh, I should get it this year, actually. I back it last year. So I can wait to mix those two games together. And uh, that's why he was mentioning, I'm assuming. And then he was wishing uh, Merry Christmas and greetings from Holland. So, my friend, big hug to you. Thank you so much for reaching out. And, and you know, it always makes me very happy when you guys reach out to me. Anyway, that was it for Solo BG Podcast, episode 81. And like always, remember... For victory, go tell your friends. Till next time, see you through the speaker and at the tabletop.